Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Christmas, Christmas is really such a wonderful time, right? Christmas is so magical, so beautiful. And let me tell you why. Because at Christmas, we celebrate that God became one of us and lived among us. If you have your outlines, look at what John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 and 14 says right there. Look at it. You can read along with me. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Look at this. He existed in the beginning. So we are told about God. We're told about the Word. And in case you don't know who the Word is, well, then we're told in verse 14. So the word became what? Human. Became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the father's one and only son. Let me tell you that the best gift available at Christmas is the presence of God. That God would come to be with us, that God would come and be like one of us, is the best gift ever. Which reminds me of a story that I heard about uh, the best gift ever. It says that little Charlie uh, called his uh, favorite uncle a few months after Christmas, and he called him to thank him for the amazing, beautiful electric guitar he had given him for Christmas. Charlie's uncle um, asked Charlie, Charlie, so... Did you, have you learned to play the guitar yet? Because if he was calling him to thank him, he surely had been playing the guitar. And Charlie says, no, uncle, actually, I have not even touched the guitar yet. So how is it that it is the best gift ever, Charlie? He says, well, it's the best gift ever because mom pays me a dollar a day to not play it during the day. And dad pays me $5 at night to not play it at night. So it's the best gift ever. You know, I hope that the presence of God would not be one of those gifts we don't use. Because it truly is the best gift ever. Let's pray. We'll jump into the message. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because, Lord, not only did you come 2,000 years ago, but, Lord, your word tells us that you are with us right at this very moment. You know me. You know every single person in this room, Lord. And, Father, you don't see us with condemning eyes, but with loving eyes. And I pray this morning we would be transformed by that reality. We invite your presence into our hearts. We pray that your word would transform us and do something in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. If you're an Instagram user, there is an Instagram page that you can follow that tells you what famous people are at Disneyland every day. I don't know how they know who's there, but they sure know. 
And you know, this page is kind of popular because there's something about us being able to say, hey, I was at Disneyland when LeBron was there. I was at Disneyland when one of the Kardashians was there. I was at Disneyland when Ed Sheeran was there. You know, even if we never saw them, there is something about being able to say, I was in a place that so-and-so was also. And I, and I think people that follow this page, they want to be able to encounter these people. They want to be able to meet them. Well, I want to tell you this morning that the most important life-changing encounter will not be between you and another person, will not be between you and your favorite singer, will not be between you and a famous actor, but the most important life-changing encounter is between you and God. Now, we often take for granted that an encounter with God is no easy thing. I mean, after all, how does the divine live among the mortal? How does the eternal live amongst the temporary? How does the creator of life live among creation? How does the perfect live among the imperfect? How does God live among humans? Well, the answer is Jesus. If you're familiar with the movie, The Matrix, this movie features a messianic figure who uh, was sent to free the enslaved human race by entering the digital world and rescuing them and setting them free. This messianic figure in this movie dies and he eventually comes back to, to life even stronger. And he enters their world, but it isn't their real world. It is their, their, their digital world. And it is in this digital world where he has supernatural powers while his body remained just normal. Well, Jesus' coming to earth was not like the Matrix. God did not send a reflection. God did not send a spirit. God did not inhabit a human person and give them supernatural powers. No, we're told that at Christmas, God became human. In other words, Jesus was God with skin. And that is, that is amazing. And see, here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. I don't know what famous person you admire. I don't know if you were given the option of meeting anybody in the world who you would want to admire. I don't know whose posters hang in your garage or your, or your room wall. But here's what I do know. I know that this Christmas, they will not be thinking about you. You will not pass through their heart or their thoughts. They don't even know you exist. Yet God, who was the word from the beginning, yet God, who sent his one and only son, not only does he think of you, but he came to be among us. He came to be with you. And that's what Christmas is all about. See, if you miss this, you miss Christmas. I don't know if you've ever had to buy one of your kids' uh, video game system. But when you go buy a video game system, they're pretty expensive, right? I don't know what they are nowadays. 300, 500 bucks, 600 bucks, right? And, and you go and you buy the, the system. And, uh, you know, if you go and you just buy the system, young people, help me out. That's not enough, right? That's not enough. Because then what you need to buy is more controls if you want other people to play with you. And then you got to buy a headset. And then you got to buy 
the Chargers. And most importantly, you got to buy what? Games. Now, check this out. What if you went to the store and you bought the extra remote and you bought the, the, the extra uh, batteries and you bought a bunch of games, but you didn't have the console, the system? It would be pointless. See, at Christmas, we have trees, we have gifts, we have family gatherings. You have all the extra stuff. But if you miss the main thing, which is Jesus, you miss it all. And at Christmas, especially this Christmas, we want to celebrate that Jesus came to be among us. And when he came, he became like you and me, and he made, John tells us, that he didn't come to visit, that he came to make his home with us. Let me explain to you a little bit further what Jesus did by coming to be among us. If you have your outline, you can fill out the first blank. Here's why Jesus came at Christmas. Number one, Jesus came at Christmas to reveal the Father to us. Jesus came to reveal the Father. You know why that's important? Let me tell you why that's important. Listen up. Every person has a version of what God is like. Everyone thinks they know what God is like. And listen, many don't want nothing to do with God. Many have even run from God because they have gotten the wrong representation of Jesus, of God. They've gotten a wrong version of God. But Jesus came at Christmas to remove every doubt, to remove every obstacle so that you and I could know what God is really like. God is not like your grandma says he is. God is not like your Republican friend says he is or your Democrat friend says he is. If you want to know what God is like, all you got to do is look at Jesus. If you want to know how God acts, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God loves, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God thinks, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God feels, look at Jesus. Jesus came to remove every misconception of about what God is really like. Look at what John 1.18 tells us. It says, no one has ever seen God. Okay? So if he appears in your toast, um, it's just an accident. No one has seen God. Okay? No one has ever seen God. Look at this. But the unique one. Who's the unique one? Who is himself God. And is near the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. If you were to read that whole passage, you know that John is talking about Jesus. So I want to tell you something. If you find yourself far from God, if you say, I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't want nothing to do with church and religion. Maybe you find yourself drifting from God. And the reason that is happening is because the, re the image of God that you have is one that condemns you only, is one that hasn't transformed your life, is one that doesn't reveal the goodness of God. Let me tell you, look to Jesus and you will find a loving, faithful, powerful, life-changing God. 
Jesus came at Christmas to reveal the Father. But the second reason, you can fill this out in your outlines, is that Jesus came at Christmas, and this is so awesome, to extend grace and truth to us. To extend grace and truth to us. I just told you about how everybody has their version of Jesus, right? Well, of God. Not only do people have their own version of God, but many times people have an extreme version of God. Have you ever met somebody that has an extreme version of a graceful God? Their God is a God who loves everyone regardless of what they do. You could never do anything wrong for God not to love you. Their extreme version of God is one that doesn't demand anything or expects anything from them. God is just there as a genie to, to grant their wishes. Their, their version of an extreme graceful God is one that forgives all things as many times as needed without no end. It is a God that quote-unquote doesn't send anyone to hell. But then on the other side, maybe you know somebody who has an extreme version of God as a God of truth. And this is a God that is always angry. This is a God that is watching you to catch you slip up to punish you. This is a God that has more rules than he has to love for us. This is a God who can't be pleased and it's unrelatable. Well, let me tell you that Jesus came not only to reveal the Father, but it is how he came and revealed the Father that is important. And look at what John tells us in verse 14. Who came from the Father, full of what? Grace, Grace and truth. truth. Not extremes, but what? A perfect Harmony, And just in case, just in case we miss that, John writes it again in verse 17. Look at what he says. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. You want to know how important grace and truth is? As important as your bones and your skin are or your flesh. See, truth is like your bones. If you only had bones... You would be a pretty scary person. If you were just bones walking around, you would scare people off. And when we are people of truth only, we scare people away from God with our do's and our don'ts. And this is the way and it's to be. But your flesh is also important. Because your flesh is what makes you attractive. Look at you. You guys look wonderful today. Some of you even showered, right? Your flesh, your flesh, your meat, your skin. It's what made the person sitting next to you marry you. For those of you that are married, of course, unless I'm prophesying to somebody. Amen? See, if you have flesh, if you have all grace, but no truth, if you have all flesh, then you collapse. You don't have any shape. You don't have any form. You can't really go anywhere. You're a mass of lump, a lump of mass. I'm sorry. So it is bones and flesh working together that makes life wonderful. And see, it is Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. Not just one, not just the other. Yeah, and let me give you two reasons why. Here's two reasons why. Number one, number one, and you ought to write this down because this is, this is awesome. Number one, 
Jesus came full of grace and truth because that's what God is like. God is a God of grace and truth. Let me tell you, let me tell you, God has standards for your life, but he's also forgiving. God, God loves you, but he also wants you to change. God, God wants to bless you, but he also corrects you. Why? Because he is a God full of grace and truth. So, so Jesus came at Christmas full of grace and truth because number one, that's what God is like. But number two, and this is equally as important, because that's what you and I need most. Some of you, you grew up in a home that it was all truth. And you have no relationship with your father or your mother. And you have scars and you have wounds. And some of you, you grew up in an all-grace home. And you were dead. You probably say, Dad, Mom, I would have gotten further in life if you had given me some direction, some structure, some walls, some limits. See, that's what you and I, we need. We don't just need grace. We need truth. We don't just need unconditional love. We also need to change. We don't just need direction. We also need affection. If you ever wanted to find a verse that would sum up all of Christmas, I would argue that this next verse is the one. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying I would argue that it's the one. Look at what it says. If you wanted to sum up all of Christmas, this is the verse that I would vote for. Matthew 1.21 tells us the following. And she will have a son, and you are to name him what? Jesus. Why Jesus? Jesus means Savior. Why? Look at this. For he will save his people from their sins. Let me tell you, that can't happen without grace and truth. The third reason, which when you experience grace and truth, when you experience both of them in your life, there's a wonderful outcome, which leads me to, to the third point. Here it is. Jesus came at Christmas to adopt us. Jesus came at Christmas to adopt us. Let me tell you something. Jesus became like one of us and lived among us so that we could become children of God. And you're probably saying, Pastor, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't we all children of God? No. I'm sorry to have to tell you the truth. No. Everyone can become a child of God, but not everybody is. So, Pastor, if, if not everybody is, how do we become children of God? And the answer is very simple. Look, it's found in John 1.12. Look at what he says. But to all, that's all, that's you. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you've been through, what has happened. That includes you. He says, but to all who what? Believed in him and what? Accepted him. He gave them the right to become children of God. So how do we become children of God? By believing and receiving him. Isn't that amazing that we could be children of God? Do you know what this process of becoming children of God is called? It's called adoption. And in our days, we don't think about adoption as something wonderful. But, but let me tell you something powerful about adoption. You ready for this? Nobody adopts by mistake. 
Nobody wakes up one day and goes into the living room with a bunch of kids and they say, oh, when did this happen? I guess I adopted a bunch of kids. You may have unplanned kids, but you never have an unplanned adoption. You know what that means? That means that when God adopted you, he knew your mistakes. He knew your pain. He knew your weaknesses. He knew your trauma. He knew your struggles. He knew your past. He knew your flaws. And even though he knew all that, because he's a God of truth and grace, he said, I want her. I want her to be part of my family. And he sent Jesus to adopt us as his children. So us becoming children of God, it's no mistake. It's not like you get into heaven by mistake. No, God was intentional about loving you, about dying for your sins so that you could believe in Jesus, receive him and become a child of God. Want me to tell you something that is probably going to rock your world and shake down your squirrel? You ready for this? Throughout Christmas, you'll hear, especially Christian people say, Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen? Amen. Well, can I tell you that he's not? He's the one we worship at Christmas. You ready for this? This is going to shake down your squirrel. You ready? You and I are the reason for the season. Christmas happened because you and I needed a savior. Jesus is the one we worship. Jesus is the one we celebrate. But Christmas happened because of you and I needed a savior. We needed to be adopted into God's family to experience true life and life in abundance. So when the next time somebody tells you, brother, sister, Jesus is the reason for the season. Tell him, and so am I. Matt, let me close with this last verse. Look at what Matthew 123 says. He says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She would give birth to a son, and they will call him what? Emmanuel. Why Emmanuel? Which means God with us. Let me end with this. Pastor, How should we respond? Well, if you already have believed and received Jesus, rejoice in this great truth. Rejoice in the truth that you are a child of God. Let me tell you, I don't know if you're going to get good gifts or not. And chances are that you're not. But you already have the greatest gift of all. You already have the gift that matters the most. So on Christmas, when you open your gifts and it's an old t-shirt that doesn't fit you, on Christmas, when you open your gifts and it's something that you already have 20 things of, don't, don't, don't get sad. Get, get happy that you You already have the best gift of all, which is Jesus in your life. I don't know. I don't know if you're concerned that you're not going to be able to pay the rent. I don't know if you're concerned because your children may be going through something. I don't know if you're concerned that your marriage isn't going well. Well, let me tell you, you can rejoice because God is with you. And wherever God is, he changes things. Amen. But second, 
Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you have not received him and you have not believed in him. It is very well known that on that first Christmas, Joseph and Mary could not find a place for Jesus to be born. They knocked from door to door, from place to place, and nothing was available. They had to have Jesus in a stable, in a manger. Well, let me tell you that today, Jesus is still knocking at the hearts of people. And you're here this morning because he's knocking at your door and he's saying, may I come in? May I come and live with you? Let me tell you, he is a God of truth and grace. Why not receive him today? Why not believe in him today? In fact, I want to ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes if you would. This is not a religious activity. It's just for privacy. If you're here this morning, and maybe at one time you believed in God, or maybe you think you believe in God, but you have your own version and you're not really considering looking to Jesus, why not today say, I'm coming back. Jesus, I want to know what God is truly like because I'm going to get to know you and I'm going to look to you. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.